millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Help Desk for Thursday, the 26th of November. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And Tess, we have a a news story coming from Australia uh, about the mandatory news code. Yeah, so this morning there's been an update to that code. The ABC and SBS are now included in the draft code of the federal government's bill. And that's the one that seeks to force Google and Facebook to pay news publishers for their content. So the change came about after Labor, the Greens and several crossbenchers suggested that the public broadcasters should be added to the ranks of Australian news publishers that will benefit from the code. And if passed, the legislation would force Google and Facebook to share revenue uh, from news links with news publishers or pay hundreds of millions of dollars in fines. Yeah, uh, it's, it's good to see that the ABC and SBS are on board now because it was very hard, I don't know, support the code when, when they were excluded. And logically, I don't think they operate in a, you know, from a traffic uh, and content production point of view, I don't really think there's a distinction there from the commercial players either. Mm, absolutely. The ABC is the, the nation's number one news source online. And Google and Facebook are still not happy about the situation. Yeah, Google was quick to create one of those new videos of the woman who sits on the bus and explains why the code is a bad idea. And Facebook is still maintaining its public silence uh, on the issue since announcing back in September that it would actually block Australian publishers and users from sharing news on its platform. But uh, The Guardian reports that they are understood to be in confidential negotiations with the government. And something I spotted on my LinkedIn, they are advertising for a digital news curator And to me, that would suggest that they still expect to have some news to to curate after this code comes into into play. Yeah, it'd be interesting if if this position is is find anything that is not included by the the companies we no longer like. Uh, I I can't see that happening. So it does sound like they are behind the scenes looking at a way to incorporate this code. And good spotting on the LinkedIn, by the way. Uh, moving on, uh, YouTube has suspended one American news network from its platform uh, for just one week after the organisation has posted too many videos saying that there was a, a cure for COVID-19. The video was removed under YouTube's policy to prevent the spread of COVID-19 misinformation, which prohibits saying there is a guaranteed cure for the virus. OANN, as it is sometimes known, has been suspended for repeated violations of the policy, says a YouTube spokeswoman, Ivy Cho. Hmm, I can't speak today. One American news network has had remarkable growth following the US election, as many Trump voters, and even Trump himself, accused Fox of costing him the election. So for those playing at home, in the Trump orbit, Fox News has become too left-leaning for the MAGA crowd. Yeah, so it's interesting YouTube and all the social channels actually seem to have had a little more ease uh, taking off COVID misinformation than, say, political misinformation. Uh, Mm. But again, 
just just for just a one week ban though for this one. Yeah, yeah, I think one week is really kind of the least they can do. We say that a lot on this show, but uh, yeah, it really is interesting that uh, Facebook, for instance, has really come down hard on COVID misinformation. Now, I remember reading ages ago a story where the reason behind that was they see that as a real threat because they're you know, human beings who live and breathe rather than something like um, spreading other forms of mis- misinformation that they may not need to worry about in their Silicon Valley bubble. And staying in Silicon Valley, I guess, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, <laughs> Salesforce is in advanced stages to buy Slack, the wildly popular workplace collaboration tool. So according to a report from the Wall Street Journal, the companies could reach a deal within days in time for Salesforce to report its third quarter financial results on Tuesday. Slack is currently valued at $17 billion and resisted selling itself to Microsoft four years ago. And in response, Microsoft went out to make Teams a Slack-like competitor. Yeah, with Microsoft out of the bidding and Apple seemingly not interested, Salesforce could be the only company out there with both the cash on hand and a reason to purchase Slack. And and I think that's the the more important thing, the reason (laughs) behind it, which is Salesforce are looking to become more of a one-stop SaaS company out there and, and Slack would fit nicely into their portfolio. Yeah, and they are also pretty happy to open up their wallets uh, in the past. They have made huge acquisitions. So they bought Tableau for $15 billion and MuleSoft for $6.5 billion. And Slack, you know, if the the deal goes through, Slack would be Salesforce's largest ever acquisition. And interestingly, uh, Slack has, while it's become kind of ubiquitous, it's, it's its name recognition is probably as, as powerful as Zoom uh, during this mm-hmm. lockdown. Its stock has only really modestly improved over the time while other remote working tools have skyrocketed all around it. And that might suggest that uh, Slack has exhausted its pool of paying customers out there. But moving on uh, to the next-gen consoles and the next-gen wars are upon us. Uh, Microsoft's Phil Spencer has been out doing the media rounds and hinting at an upcoming feature of the Xbox Series X. Spectre hinted at a new smart TV app that would allow users to play Xbox games over the company's xCloud service uh, with just a controller. It cements Xbox's strategy of the play anywhere, which which is part of the overall Microsoft brand these days. If you look at the Office apps, they're, they're designed to work anywhere, whether it be iOS or Android. They don't care as long as you're using their apps. And so this fits in nicely with that same idea. You could be playing uh, Microsoft's full library of games and also the EA titles that are bundled in with the Xbox Pass on Xbox, PC, smartphones, and now maybe even smart TVs. Yeah, so I think I am starting to understand console wars a little bit better um, <laughs> after the last few weeks and, and you know, why it matters a you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that once someone buys one of these boxes, they then will keep it for what, around seven years, you know, a a normal, I'm talking about a normal consumer, not a Mm, mm. highly, (laughs) highly plugged in uh, technology people. So I guess, you know, is it uh, too early to pick a winner or a leader in this market for this iteration of the consoles? Yeah, absolutely. Like, Previously, just before the consoles launched, maybe a couple of months before they did, I would have said that PS5 is without a doubt going to dominate this this cycle. But because of a couple of issues now, well, first of all, Xbox is doing some really interesting stuff here with xCloud and, and their games library. And so they really, they've put themselves back in the game, in, at least in terms of uh, my understanding. But having said that, 
it is interesting to see that PS5 is actually outperforming the Xbox when it comes to games. So The Verge has a great story about how the they've broken down a couple of the cross-platform games to see what plays better. And while the Xbox is better at 4K and ray tracing, which is the, you know, the reflections, the shadows, all of that stuff that makes you feel more immersed in the game, they do fall down when it comes to frame rates, which is something that the, you know, the trigger happy gamers uh, really, really respond to because, you know, if, if your frame rate goes down, then that could be you getting shot by, by an enemy. So yeah, when looking at games like Assassin's Creed, Dirt and Call of Duty, the Xbox consistently slowed down the frame rate and also had some screen tearing visible. But if you do want a PS5, you're straight out of luck with Sony confirming the console has sold out worldwide. But if you do want to read a fascinating uh, article about how hard it was to develop the PlayStation during lockdown, um, there's a great article in the show notes where Jim Ryan from PlayStation talks about all of the crazy things they had to do in terms of like hooking up a microscope to Zoom calls so that engineers could see you know, exactly how the transistors were, were plugging in together. And uh, I don't know, it's just fascinating. Either way, yeah, uh, I think it's still too early to call, but uh, PS5 is probably just out in front. A Black Friday tomorrow will be interesting if uh, people can't get those PS5s. What else are they going to buy? Uh, yeah, well, I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of sales popping up. I've already seen uh, my inbox is full. I'm sure yours is too about embargoed sales uh, that we're going to hear about from tomorrow. So, and tomorrow you're, you've actually got the day off. Yeah, taking a longish weekend. Mm, yeah, well, enjoy that. Um, and tomorrow, sitting in the hot seat will be Anthony A, just a, a very old friend of mine who is really excited about uh, bargains. He, he's the best guy to go to if you want a, a deal on tech. And so, yeah, perfect timing for him to be there for the Black Friday sales. Well, enjoy and don't replace me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Have a great weekend. See you, Tess. Thanks. Bye. Bye. 